B C A B C A B C A B C A B C A B C Welcome everyone to Uppy and the Stash. I'm your host Uppy. With me as always is Donovan Mustache. How are you doing tonight, Stash? I am doing very well. How are you doing, Mr. Uppy? Dude, I am so awesome. So uh, since our last last time we were here last week for my birthday, funny enough, um, today is not my birthday. Last Tuesday was, but I'm way more drunk tonight than I was last week when we started recording. <laughs> but that is okay. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm just high on life right now. Um, so as everyone on the show knows, I'm a huge Cleveland Browns fan. I have been my whole life. Um, th- the last few days have had major developments in our life. Um, we had Hammond and Hod all spring, I guess you would say, uh, since the NFL schedule came out. We we toyed with the idea of going to Cleveland to see that my beloved my beloved Browns play at in Cleveland at a home game, and this week we committed to it. Um, we had enough airline miles and one airline to get at least halfway there, so we got we got free flights out that way on one airline, and uh, we got our tickets yesterday to the Browns and Bills game week ten. We're going to be in the West End Zone, Section 146, front row. So we are going to be on TV for whoever's watching that game. <laughs> Any scoring that goes on in the West End Zone, you will see us. So I'm just, I'm just like really, really stoked. Like um, the hype is real this year. Like I said back when we um, recorded, well, no one here would know it, but we recorded uh, a show for NFL free agency when we first uh, subscribed to Squadcast. Um, we ultimately didn't use it as far as our actual show goes, but we did record a show regarding NFL free agency. And I said the hype was real back then. The hype is still real. And uh, me, Mrs. Uppy, and Little Uppy are going to fly out to Cleveland for a game this year. And, yeah, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm drunk. And on top of that, I'm drinking this beer tonight called Brazilian Therapy. It is another iteration of the therapist beer that Dust Bowl does. Um, this one was half done by Dust Bowl. Uh, the other part of it, there was a collaboration with um, another brewery, the Novo Brazil. Some, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some beer company down your way, I guess. So... <laughs> Some some beer Literally. company down here in SoCal <laughs> collaborated with our beer up here, and they came up with the Brazilian form of the therapist, and um, it's delicious. And one of these days, um, one of these days when we actually have some more listeners, maybe Dust Bowl will sponsor our show. I sure do mention them enough. Great. That'd be great. And you know what uh, Dust Bowl should just do it anyways, because this is how you start off. You start small mm-hmm. and then go big, right? Right. Dust Bowl, Dust Bowl knows how it, how it happens. You, you take your chance and 
you know, you start producing it. And then mm-hmm. if you want us to talk about your beers and the very beautiful taste that comes with it and the pairings and whatnot, this is what you do. You know, yeah, you, exactly. Uh, you invest in one person or two people and you push it out there. Dust Bowl, I, I will gladly take any six, 12 pack or growlers that you send down my way and I will pair them with any type of meal that I, I'm, I'm just to let you know, you know, I, I'm, I am of a person of color. I won't say what, but I can pair it with a lot of things. <laughs> Very delicious. I, I, I will so. go one further as not a person of color, but as a person who immediately is not very articulate and go with words. Um, you provide the beer. You can even provide the words to describe said beer. I will read them from uh-huh. a piece of paper saying this is what beer it is and this is what you want me to say about it. I can be bought and paid for. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I generally don't like the idea of ads, but um, if a brewery pays me to do it, I'm I'm okay to, like, open my butt cheeks. I think a big part of it, <laughs> I think a big part of our show is, what are we drinking this week? We drink beer. Right? <laughs> I'm running out of dust pool beers to talk about. Right? Shit, even even if Hangar Twenty Four would like to sponsor me, come on, Hangar, take me on. I'd 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 pair. I got I got some pretty good pairings with your uh, classic uh, Hangar. Some who's know? in charge of our Twitter? Our Twitter handle should probably take care of this. Yeah, I know. Who on our Twitter what can staff? Hook it what staff? Where am I? Staff of two. Who is this? Who is in charge <laughs> of that? <laughs> I'm the Facebook guy. Right here. <laughs> I'm glad everybody's back today. I'm, we've had a long week. Uh, up in the stash show, uh, we've been working hard on this Kaepernick situation. We're going to have a great show. We're also going to have a great information that's going to come out. Um, we're researching this really heavily. We want to show our chops on this. We want everybody to know that we also have a blog coming out uh, that's going to be also showcased on uh, Idiotville. And uh, any of you uh, podcast guys are, are great friends. Uh, we talk regularly, uh, which is actually pretty cool from coast to coast. And uh, I'd like to thank um, Mr. Uppy for that one and bringing us together. Who would have known? I, um, You know, uh, it's not just me. I, th- I think Brent Liberty, Brent and Liberty deserves a lot of credit, too, because, you know, he also had to bring someone else in on the other side who had no idea who the fuck we were. And... <laughs> So it is a partnership through and through. So, yeah, <laughs> not just me, what do you, but well, well, since, since, since we're on the, we're on the friends and drinking, um, what are you drinking friend? Me? Yeah. You want me to tell you again? And one more time. What was it? Right, so I'm here? drinking the confused, uh, sorry, not the confused. I have two of those in my fridge. The Brazilian therapy. It is, um, Another iteration of the therapist beer that Dustbowl does. Uh, they collaborated with, uh, I think, Novo Brazil down in SoCal. They they got together and made a Brazilian form of the therapist. And, um, yeah, um, it, it's another high-octane beer. It's very strong, but it has a little um, little bit of spice to it. So It's good. I'm drinking it. I'm already drunk. I'm going to get even more drunk. And by the end, you're not going to be able to understand me. So we're going to pretend like tonight's my birthday, not last week. 
Oh, it's even better. I love it. <laughs> I'm doing a Coronas. I've 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 been drinking Corona probably since about let's see what time is it? Oh yeah, probably a good five hours now. Oh, and I, I started. I started. Before, <laughs> I started at four. So I started at four. Did PM. you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're gonna hear some day. yelling in the background from the fam bam, uh, yep. getting people into bed as well. But I've had wine and I've had beer. And I'm about ready to go as well. So yeah, I you know I started at four with some Coronas, salt and lime, of course. I had several of those, and then we had funny enough, we did tostadas for dinner, a Hispanic tostadas. dish for those who don't know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, at the point where dinner was ready, I switched to a Budweiser. Um, wow, Budweiser has, hell? I know, right? Um, so Budweiser has that um, thing where they did some special beer. Um, I don't remember the name of it. It was something to do with the Apollo mission. It's very malty tasting. It was a red something or other. I drank all six of the beers. I'll be honest. I didn't necessarily okay. enjoy it, but I'm not a waster of my own money. So right, right, um, I bought the six pack because it was eight ninety nine. I tried it. And then after that, there was a few more Coronas and a couple of margaritas and... <laughs> Why not finish my night with an eleven percent alcohol beer? So right, and here we are. So so um, I'm gonna sound like Don Vito by the end of the night. Don Vito, <laughs> it's only business. Uh, leave the gun, take the cannolis. Anyways, um, so when um, Budweiser and uh, Anheuser Busch, uh, which is I think both Budweiser and Coors. Um, when they were coming out um, and they were making their name, it was a, around the same time that we had the big prohibition going on and mm-hmm. or, again, when prohibition was being um, expelled, essentially, right? Mm-hmm. When they said that, yeah, we can drink beer and spirits and wines in, California, in, in the United States. And so this is how they made their big name, right? This is They were part of the group of the low-key areas of making their name mm-hmm. and so just like any other capitalist area and, and, and um, they were part of it and then recently in the last probably I'm going to say within the last 10 years or so uh, there have been a lot of um, young up-and-coming breweries that we're seeing popping up and that are um, making those same companies that have been around a long time change their strategies because they never been challenged like how they were until the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, California probably has, and I would, I would bet my bottom dollar, it, it has the most amount of uh, microbreweries throughout the United States. Colorado, talk your shit. Texas, whatever, come on, bring it on. New Mexico, let's bring it. You cannot top California's microbrewery whatsoever, Right. Um, and, and the reason why I say this and confidently is we have the, we have, um, the taste, we have the resources and we have the demographics to prove it. Mm -hmm. Uh, you don't have that Texas, you know, New Mexico, Colorado and all that. You, you guys, you guys don't have that. You, we have it. Um, when, like they've said in the past, and I'll always say again today, um, where I, when the, However the West goes, so does the rest of the nation. California does it. You follow us. And so just know that uh, this whole microbrewery movement was done because of California. 
Um, we have some of the most awesome, awesome, awesome breweries that you ever can come up with, Dust Bowl being one of them. Um, San Diego, Los Angeles, all along our piers and coast. Even in the Inland Empire, we have some of the best. Um, Hangar 24, you, 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 can't, you can't top that. Um, and so what's really awesome about this whole beer movement is that it's really made this movement from a mass 1970s, 80s NFL. Uh, we're all going to drink Bud Light and Budweiser mm-hmm. to they want the micro brews. And, and, and people like you and I have, have showed them that, hey, we'll buy micro brews. We're tired of drinking the mass produced shit, you know, um, so that's just a little history of, of what's happened, and um, I'm proud of California. We'll always be there, and uh, this is what happens when you invest um, in money into people's feelings and thoughts, and <laughs> right. you know, because feelings and thoughts are part of beer, man. People want a taste. People right. want to don't want drink the same old thing you can buy at every freaking liquor store. Something different. Cheers to you. Cheers, brother. And I, no I, pun intended, but this butt's for you. <laughs> I have to say, I, I um, feel pretty scorned. You and I have a good friend of ours who, on more than one occasion, has committed to join the show as a guest, who keeps spurning us for one reason or another. This friend went on my Facebook this past week and said, Happy birthday. And I said, Thank you, brother. When are you going to join the podcast? He's like, how about the next one? I was like, Tuesday? Silence. Texting him today? Silence. Like, we're going to say something sexist, but it's like, don't want to act the way they do. Remember, this is why it's called the Uppy in the Stash show and not Uppy in the Stash and others. This is Uppy in the Stash. Right. Well, I mean, well, it will always be. If people only knew how loyal this guy was to and you. Guests. It's kind of amazing. He's not loyal to me. He's loyal to you. Like you were, you were his brother. Like I know there was a serious man crush that went on between the two of you. He don't answer, and he like, he spurned he even me. Answer me. Like, That's what, what breaks my heart. And it breaks my heart because he don't even answer me. I even called them. He don't even answer what? me. Said, okay. What? What? <laughs> I know. I know. I know. Listen, sometimes people are going through some things. I can understand it. I'm going to give him his space. He'll eventually be on here. And when he is, we're going to roast his ass. <laughs> no, because by the time he finally decides to come on here, we're, we're going to be too big him. to accept people like him. We're going to be so big that we have other things yeah. to do. It's like, no, we don't have time for those petty little conversations yeah, anymore. We can't talk at airports. I know. Yeah. You know what's going to happen? We're going to be like, um, excuse us, uh, but um, Colin Kaepernick has a show ahead of you and <laughs> we have to interview him. Right. So. <laughs> Speaking of Colin Kaepernick, Colin, you're my brother, man. I'm proud of what you did. I'm proud of how you stood up and fought for what you believed in. I don't care what the media says about you or how they portray your... Um, your movement or how they brought in other people to talk about your movement. Your movement was still what it is and it is still today. And still we see today when we open up our social media accounts and watch um, state sanctioned violence against people of color, plain and simple. 
it's sad. It exists. And I'm glad that you stood up and lost your job for it. I'm not glad you lost your job, but you've also made a, a lot of money off of Nike and everybody else. But <laughs> I'm glad that you decided to do what you did, you know. You I, inspired I, a lot of people to take a knee, you know. So, I'm proud well, of you. I, I've considered it a time or two myself. Uh, I, I feel as, at times being a white male, I have all the privilege in the world. Um, I've never done the whole take a knee or not participated in the Pledge of Allegiance or anything, but I've considered it. And I never would have considered it without um, him, for sure. And the only reason why I didn't, because I don't have balls the size of his. Um, for for those who may not have listened to every one of our shows, I, I yes, I do live in California, but uh, my area of California is extremely conservative. I saw more than my fair share of Trump pen signs. I never once saw a Hillary, um, whoever the fuck she ran with, some dude that we can't remember anymore. Um, Michael Dukakis? Who was it, Dukakis? No, the 80s. <laughs> Ron Clinton. Uh, just kidding. Um, oh, my bad. Who's who? We, who oh, Kane. She ran with Kane, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, I know. It was like, it was like the perfect... Uh, Combination of right down the middle, right? Like right. He speaks uh, I never once saw their yeah. campaign signs anywhere in my city, and my city is a city of uh, two hundred thousand. And um, that, that was probably mostly it. If I if I didn't feel like the lone wolf at work in my normal world, I probably would have made such a leap myself. So you know, fuck it, because I I'm from um, where I live is not far from where Colin Kaepernick is from. Um, I do union work, and I actually do union work in Turlock a lot. And I've actually been in places where he's been. And uh, despite everything he's done, despite the fact that our area, our area is conservative, um, they still love and support him as they should. And uh, I'm still surprised Turlock does not have a statue of him somewhere. But he deserves it. They will it. eventually. Yeah. I'll run right outside their city hall. Yeah, we're at city hall. They should. They should honor him that way. Yeah. He's 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 given up a lot, quite a bit for for a, a just cause that people want to uh, mischaracterize mm-hmm. and say that he's so anti-American, anti-military. You know, when it's not even that. It's very much about what he said. For sure. But if, if you want to see so, um, cognitive dis- dissonance, a, a live example of cognitive cognitive dissonance. Remind people who get upset about what he did that the idea that he was given to do what he did the respectful way was from someone who served our military. A Green Beret told him, hey, this is a respectful way to do what you want to do. And you can literally see like a a conservative's mind get blown because their side of it is – it's disrespectful to military. It's like, well, someone from the military told them how to do it in a respectful manner. Yeah. And but, then they just the resort whole, to, oh, I still don't fucking like it. I was like, well, I'm sorry. You're such a, you know, sorry, snowflake. Yeah, but, but, but yeah, I know. But the whole idea of him, of him sitting was not to disrespect the very fact of military. Sure. And he said that an entire time. Like, this is not about the military. But everybody wanted to bring it up about the military, even the guy that was there saying, I'm former Green Beret, I want you to 
And 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 what upset the whole conversation for me about that time was that how are you going to come to me about something totally different? Like I'm telling you, I'm sitting down protesting the very fact of our nationalism, our national, mm-hmm. right? Not our imperialistic ideas, right? This is about me being an American, about sitting down and saying, I'm not going to um, stand up for a country and I want us to be better, right? As an American, to not kill people the way that we do, mm-hmm. right? Americans, to not kill Americans. Fuck the color of their skin, but just saying that alone, right? And then he comes in and says, well, you're really disrespecting, you know, people who served a, our country. Um, he he made an un... I get it. He was trying to serve the other side, right? But then this is where he still lost. He still lost the whole debate by still taking the knee because he did that. If if he would have still sat down and said, this is not about that, this is about me doing this, he would. I believe that he would have had a chance to say his true message. But because he did that, he lost the whole message. Because it played right into what the NFL was doing. about the, They were taking money into this whole national idea. They were taking money into supporting our troops. They were taking money into the idea of of people of the color guard and whatnot, but they weren't saying that. The media were still harping on the fact, they were still framing it as he was not, his his idea of protest was not right. You know, he wasn't doing it the right way. He was doing, he was doing something totally different. Well, sure. And they started to question his idea of him, of who, of who he was and whether he was really genuine. And that took away from the whole idea of what he was doing. I would have never have done that if I was Kaepernick. But I'm 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 quarterback. I'm I'm doing the, you know, the armchair quarterbacking. Why do but that? The, 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 there was never, there was nothing anyone could ever do that would be right with Whitey Mick sports fan. There was not a damn thing that could ever have been done to have appeased the upset white folk. It, it was just not going to happen. Um, I, I don't know what else he could have done. <laughs> Honestly, like, and and, I, I've gotten and he I've was, gotten into so many arguments with people over this whole situation. It's like, he, again, he he started off sitting. Someone of a military background got upset by it and said, "Hey!" And they they met Colin and this guy met, and yeah. Colin changed. He what drove he did. from San Diego. He drove from San Diego on up to meet with him on an and, Uber. And, you know, I don't know that, again, I mean, there was a, there was a very popular meme that was going around, um, Facebook, which I think fits the bill. I mean, it, it was a book that said how to pro- protest by Whitey Mick sports fan. And yeah. <laughs> it's an empty yep. book because, yep. um, yep. sorry, people of color are always told that what they're doing and how they're doing it is wrong, wrong. and it'll never be Right. So he was damned if he did, damned if he didn't, and he stuck to it one way or the other. And I don't think his message got lost. His message was never going to get heard to begin with. Why? Because white people just be angry. And 
Yeah, you know, just like Mike, like, just like Mike Pence um, showing up to that Indianapolis Colts game and said, "I left because they kneeled." No, he was going to leave anyways. He knew it was going to happen. He had a thing in L.A. later that day. He was not staying to begin with, and hmm. that goes into the whole state action bullshit that we're going to get into later down the line with uh, Brent and yeah. Steve. Um, yeah. Just, just, just so you know that um, NFL's uh, contract um, between the players and the and the union and and the and, and the company alone um, requires an extensive amount of discovery, and so there's a lot of questions that they were allowed to ask, and there were a lot of things that they were allowed to request um, in order to uh, prove um, their case, and so. Although we might say that people are like, well, there was, there was um, you can't prove collusion true. We couldn't prove collusion at the end of the day. But there was a lot of state action because um, the reason why the NFL stadium never happened in San Diego is because the San Diego, res- San Diego residents were sick and tired of being taken advantage of and, and, and have all that money come out of their pockets that they were going to pay for and not benefit in any way. Sure. Right? They were mm-hmm. going to give up millions and millions of dollars in tax pay and, and tax payments, but yet they couldn't get into the stadium at a cheaper price. They couldn't they couldn't park somewhere at a cheaper price. They couldn't do anything different. They had to pay it like if nothing had happened. While this billionaire sat there and made more money, right? You're you're in a town of billionaires where San Diego sat, okay, going against other millionaires and okay, we'll say a middle class, upper middle class, lower middle class, and they're like, What's in it for me? Capitalism ate up that city. They say, What's in it for me? Nothing. Then fuck you. And that's why it left and it took up a poor city like Los Angeles. Where the people couldn't say any more else and say, hey, can I get anything else? They're just happy to get a fucking job. And what's sad about the situation, right? And so there we are. That's what happens. That's why they moved to L.A. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, well, it, well, yeah, they're, they're riding on the coattails of um, the Rams. Because well, yeah, well, ultimately, at the end of the day, Stan Kroenke, the owner of the Rams, is actually funding that whole two point whatever billion dollar stadium they got going on down there in Hollywood Park. But it can't be the know, whole. It can't be you, the whole thing. What you were, it can't be the whole thing. It I'm pretty. I mean, well, I mean, he, he might not provide infrastructure, but the actual mm-hmm. private private part of it is all. I'm. Um, that's one area of expertise I have is I follow um, fieldofschemes.com. Um, in California alone, like most of your major stadium projects in California were mostly privately financed. Oracle Park in San Francisco, uh, home of the San Francisco Giants, privately financed. Um, let's see, uh, Levi Stadium in Santa Clara. Uh, Santa Clara did put up 300 and something million of that stadium, but that stadium was over a billion. So that was mostly privately financed. Staples Center in LA is privately financed. But still um, 300, 300 million. But okay, so think of how okay, many. Here's, here's the thing, though. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Again, Arlington, Texas like, put up over a billion for Jerry World. Yeah, but the again, California but, voters but in, not going to. In millions, whatever, whatever millions hmm. or billions, 
that's that's on their county, that's on their city, that's sure. on them. Sure. I was just trying to something else. further prove I'm, I'm what sure. you were saying in that the, yeah. California, the California voters are a whole lot smarter. I mean, I'm not saying other people are dumb, but um, California residents don't have enough civic pride in their sports teams that they're going to bend over mm-hmm. for a billionaire. Uh, I'm not sure how Chase Center is getting financed in uh, San Francisco right now where the Warriors are going to move to. I'm sure most of it is privately financed. Um, that new A stadium that they're trying to build in uh, Oakland um, privately financed. Um, that's just how these things work. They're going to get any money out of <laughs> um, the who, channels, who's, I, I, who's, who is Oakland A's going to get money out of? Really, you've been to Oakland. No, I've been to Oakland. Oh yeah. Like, who, who the hell I'm are you going to get money out of? No, you know what I mean. No, you're going to take money out of poor people's mouths. You know, you take poor money out of people's mouths for what? I've been to Oakland A Stadium. Mm-hmm. You you have you still have a you retrofit your stadium, man. No, make it be no like Chicago. Sorry. <laughs> you know, make 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 it be like Chicago Cubs, where like people want to go there because it's so old, but it's so fucking historic and so cool. You know, there there's I, I never been to Wrigley, but there's a far cry between Wrigley and Fenway than there is Oakland. Oakland was built at a time when it was a bad time for stadiums. Um, but still, I don't know. I I, I just still for, sort of believe that. We have schools standing longer than these fucking stadiums, mm-hmm. and we're still building stadiums. For sure. Before we build a school, right? Right? Or another university. In California alone, was what was the last university in California that was ever built? Do you see University Merced? of California. Do you see Merced? Merced? Yep. Right? And before that was what? Riverside. Live, by the way. <laughs> Riverside. <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Riverside. 1950-something Riverside. Wow. And then we had Merced, right? Which was early 2000s, but yeah, we've I had think. stadiums, we've had fucking prisons, right? Built, but no colleges. I, I, and the UC Riverside was the last, you know, UC Riverside was the last University of California that was afforded, actually, actually, I'm sorry, that earned their right to be named a medical school. You know. Congratulations to them. They deserve yeah. every right of that. And and so and so what kind of sucks about this whole conversations about where our stadiums are built and mm-hmm. where our sports, you know, are watched, I, I, I feel like we we lose um I feel like we lose where the idea of where we should be putting our money into because we want we want to be entertained like like gladiators, you know. Mm. Well, so I sucks. Well, I, the yeah, <laughs> you know, I don't know where to go. Like, I mean, there's always a better way to spend the money. Absolutely, um, I'm just at least proud here in California. Um, it's less likely to go to those kinds of things. Like, you know, like I mentioned earlier, you know, the city of Arlington, Texas, you know, funded. AT&T Stadium for the Dallas Cowboys. That was over a billion dollars. And then they turned around once they pay that off. And they, they paid it off in record fashion. Don't get me wrong. Like, they had the money. They, they got that thing paid off, like, really quick. But now they're building a new stadium for the Texas Rangers. And you're talking uh, Arlington, Texas is the largest city in this country without a public transportation system. <laughs> they, they don't have a public or, transportation or, system. Hold on, hold on. Even, even, okay, ask yourself this. 
what's what is the retirement package like and are they fighting their retired retired workers or their um or or any of their union workers about their retirement package of where they invested their money right they're so fast to invest and get all those infrastructures mm-hmm. they probably got some pretty good deals I, I, sure. I, I, I won't I'll give them that um, but what is the long term payment that they're paying because they got it up they paid it off but what did they lose in the long run well if you want to get more absurd let's go to Miami I mean I didn't, I didn't obviously mean for this whole show to end up being um sports stadiums financing but city of Miami um, their baseball team the Marlins has a somewhat newish stadium that no one's going to because the team sucks. Because in baseball, to get good attendance, you either have to be an it's iconic Florida, brand yeah. Yeah, or you got to be successful. Yeah. And uh, yeah. the Marlins just suck, so they get no attendance. Um, their city stadium, I want to say the actual construction cost was somewhere in the $600 million range, but due to the bad loans they took, by the time it's paid off, it's going to cost the residents of uh, Miami over $2 billion. Oh, yeah, those loans. And then uh, I believe the owner at that point in time did a fire sale, sold the team, walked off. With, I mean, Capital appreciation. Loans. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, owning a sports Capital team in this country yeah. is a means of printing money. Your team, okay. especially if it's an NFL team, is a printing press. So, Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, what he's talking about is this. What happens is that <clears throat> there are states – and cities and school districts that say, hey, we want to build this big freaking, you know, area of our school and we want to add this freaking track and field. We want to do this to our city and investors come in and say, we'll do it for you really cheap right now. Right. And they'll bring in, they'll freaking settle it for them and they'll boom, everything's all of a sudden, everything's done. But you know what? In about 10, 10 years from now, and it's a very short amount of time, um, though that $1 million is all of a sudden worth $30 million, right? And then it doubles from that. So imagine that you spent $30 million, or let's say $50 million, and then all of a sudden it's worth $1 billion. And they expect their payment soon, right then and there, and or payments in the full in the form of it for a certain amount of time, and or you default capital appreciation bonds. A lot of these type of uh, bonds that they set out that they're going to do, they freaking are illegal, right? These types of uh, bonds, you cannot get them anywhere because of that fact. Because they'll say, here's here's a here's a eighty million dollar project, and then we'll take payments on it, but. All of a sudden, we want $1 billion all of a sudden. That's capitalism, guys. That's how capitalism works. Capitalism eats up the smaller guys, takes up their money and says, we'll take whatever else you can get, and they'll keep doing that over and over and over and over again. You want that gen- You, you want that uh, big old stadium for your high school uh, in, Marino- in Marino Valley, California, where you're like nothing? But, you know, you have 250,000 people that live there. Guess what? That's called generational theft. <laughs> You're not going to pay for that fucking bond that's going to come out later, right? You're not going to pay for it. 
although you approved for it, they're going to say in five years we're going to, in 20 years or 50 years we're going to ask for it. You're fucking dead. That guy that bought the fucking home 50 years, 25 years from now, they're out there. They're saying, I want to buy this home. It's fucking beautiful. I got like 30 trees in my fucking backyard. It's like a fucking forest. What? My tax, my, 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 my taxes for my home is what? To pay for the school? For a stadium I never even fucking wanted to build? And or the kids that are like sitting there going, hey, how do we pay for this? That's what happens. Generational theft. Fucking crazy, man. What the fuck we do about that shit? Excuse my language, but I'm drunk. <laughs> but if anyone out there is invigorated by our current discussion, um, and you do, and if you do, uh, if you love your sports and you would love to see the inner workings on how these stadiums get done, I, I do encourage you to go to a website called uh, fieldofschemes.com. Uh, the guy who runs that site will tell you exactly how uh, these sports teams owners get away with uh, manipulating civic pride in order of raising your taxes or property taxes or sales tax or whatever to get you to fund for their stadium that they will manipulate their way into taking on the profits from it's, it's an amazing world. And uh, the reason why I even know as much as I do about it is because I am uh, an A's fan. I have been my whole life. Um, I would love to see them get a new stadium, and it's really, really they hard. Deserve a new stadium. It's really hard to get that done in the state of California. Even harder when it's the Bay Area that's involved, and the San Francisco Giants owners are assholes. I believe I've already gone into that rant in a previous episode when Wicked was with mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, it's an interesting world, and you can see how certain municipalities get fucked over for the uh, just. Do nothing more than the civic pride. There's a sports team. Uh, I look into Phoenix and what they go through with um, their hockey team, the Coyotes. They keep bending over backwards and giving the hockey team more and more money and more and more like lease breaks. And it's amazing how much that city has given up money that could have gone to so much better things than to just keep a sports team happy. But I'm going to end my ranting there. We are going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and uh, we might talk about some more important issues we don't know. We're just flying by the seat of our pants tonight, so uh, enjoy the break, and we'll see you soon. See you soon. Sing us the song of the century. Things like American eulogy. The dawn of my love and conspiracy. Forgotten hope and the class of thirteen Tell me a story into that good night Sing us a song for me It's
So welcome back. And so all the discussion that we are all positively involved is abortion. And here's our own topic. I think 90% of the people who are pro-life are actually just pro-birth. Um, yeah. And these are... Um, the thing that worries me I like is... That. I like that. Pro-birth. Okay. We, we got some... For God's sakes, it's 2019. We got some really archaic laws that are being passed now. Um, Alabama just passed one tonight. <laughs> and I know there's another one that's going around. I'm not sure if it was passed or they were talking about it, where I think it's in Georgia, where if you miscarry, the, the state has a right to interrogate you. And if they deem that you were responsible for your miscarry, you can be imprisoned for miscarrying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if you went out of state to get an abortion, a legal abortion out of state, you can be sentenced to 10 years in prison for getting a legal abortion outside of your own state. Like what? It's, in Ohio it's, passed a law it, where uh, they're, they're saying some 11 year old who got raped must carry that child. It's it what seems the fuck very is going archaic. On? It seems very it's archaic. Extremely archaic. Right? But, but okay. So, and so here is the thing, though, at the end of the day, okay, mm-hmm. it's that um, you had one of the most conservative voices in in media ever, okay? Young guy, Ben Shapiro, Fuck probably would have beat his ass in college. Um, I'm against violence, by the way. I'm pro-life. I probably wouldn't have beat his ass, but I made That's fun okay. of him very heavily. Made, made fun of him very heavily, um, but he also went to a very snowflake school. Um, Where did he and go? Got a very snowflake. Um, he's he's a uh, very rich. He's he's not a poor guy. Um, he's he's Ivy League all the way. So he's very insular. Okay, he's very insular. Mm-hmm. So 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 don't think that um, Ben Shapiro went to. Um, so he's had a very rich, jaded point of view yeah, from the right. Yeah. Well, just just know this. Um, ben Shapiro didn't go to like you know uh, Shasta Community College and then transfer to Columbia of some sort. You know. That didn't happen. Ben Shapiro is a very insular kind of guy, and that's the life that he lived. But he talks so fast, and he comes out with these big words. All of a sudden, people think that he's, um, you know, this godsend that can, you know, uh, come out with these ideas and conservative thought, which I've debated people who have very good conservative thought. And I might have lost once or twice, and I have no, I, and I have no qualms of saying that I did, but he, he lost to another conservative about that same issue about this law that passed. The question was, don't you think it's very a little bit barbaric that a woman could be prosecuted for leaving the state to do abortion? And or if they miscarried, they could be considered under, you know, murder. And he flipped out like the snowflake that he was. He gets he gets very mad about this question. He goes, "So what are you? Are you a are you a freaking um, are you a liberal? Are you a journalist? What are you?" He doesn't like it, right? And he stops right then. And he goes, and the guy goes, and the guy goes, "If you were to known Ben, um, that type of questions you're asking me is very um, <laughs> kind of funny because the guy that's asking him the question is a very very fucking conservative guy." Mm-hmm. Okay. Super conservative. He's like the the ultimate conservative, and all he is doing is asking him the question. 
and is saying, don't you think it's a bit barbaric that we're like doing these things as conservatives, you know, shouldn't we be doing other things? And, and Ben Shapiro has no way of answering back. Okay. By the way, Ben Shapiro basically cries and says, I'm walking off the show <laughs> after he asked that question. <laughs> it's fucking funny. Fuck it's fucking funny. He goes, he goes, Oh, I'm I'm leaving and he leaves because he doesn't like the question. Snowflake. One. And so that was Ben Shapiro reacting the way he did because he doesn't like the type of questions he's asking because he's a snowflake. Just like all conservatives are. He doesn't like to be questioned on his beliefs. But Sash, I, I thought liberals were the snowflakes. Which is sad. No, we're snowflakes. We're all different. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. You, you know, and, um, I, I don't know yeah, much about and, Ben and, Shapiro. Any conservative can come on our show and debate us. They, they, well, yeah, I, I, I would love to say that they won't, but conservatives tend to show up in places liberals won't. And that's hostile territory. Um, I would love to have one on our show at some point, like maybe Bill Maher style, but you know we'll see. But I, I don't know much about Ben Shapiro, but like I, I've seen my clips of my clips. Yeah, I've seen clips of him on YouTube, and he seems smart enough. But the, where I get lost is like someone asked him about, well, hey, if you know, let's say someone out there, some broke college student gets raped and they have a baby. Shouldn't she be allowed to abort? And he says, oh, well, is she also, like, disabled, too? Like, let's make this the saddest story ever. But no, she shouldn't abort. Um, carry the baby and I will give you money. I was like, are you going to be everyone's sugar daddy? Like, I don't think you have that much money. And I'm pretty sure your spouse doesn't want you giving money out to every rape victim who's impregnated you know or what is he what is he what is he a zygote sugar daddy is that what it's gonna be he's gotta be but you know the the thing is is and and someone also and i I can tell you when this interview took place because i didn't pay that much attention but he's also asked well what about giving money to planned parenthood it's like well they they kill babies i wouldn't give money to them it's like if you're that smart you would also see that all the other good that planned parenthood does Planet Parenthood provides health services to women who don't have insurance, like health screenings, um, stuff that would avoid getting pregnant in the first place, you know, IEDs, yeah, condoms, uh, birth control, breast, ca- breast, breast, breast cancer, cancer screenings. screenings. Like, they do yeah. so much good. Yes, they help. Maybe there's abortions going. Sure, whatever. And I, I'm sure if you're a conservative, you're listening to this, you hate that. But there is so much good that they do. That it, in your mind, it would never outweigh what bad they do in your mind. But the thing is, if you want to eliminate abortion and you want to eliminate that aspect of it, you have to be more liberal. You, you, no, you can't preach abstinence. You have to. You have to teach sex ed. You have to make. Uh, condoms and birth control and stuff like that way more accessible instead of shutting Planned Parenthood down make more of them give women the access that they need to the things that prevent the stuff and if you really want to harp on no my tax dollars can't 
um, perform murders on babies, then guess what? I don't think my tax dollars should fix your broken dick. Like, no more Viagra yes. for you. Impotence is God's yes. will, too, motherfucker. So get over it. Right? It's like, it's like, um, it's like pro-life who isn't, right? That's what the whole reason that the episode was named that. Everybody's pro-life. Fuck, I want to save life. Who doesn't want to save a life, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like when there are people, when we can prevent from bad things happening, why not prevent them, right? The unfortunate people don't want to get some people, you know, but but I, I also think like this whole conversation of this whole pro-life um, uh, who can have babies, who can have babies is very classist, though, at the same time, because um, when you look at the state houses and or those who are passing the bills about this pro-life situation, who is it and how much money do they make a year? should be brought into the equation, right? Because they're saying that um, that if you really want to have a baby and, you know, have a good life, rich people are going to do it, right? But us poor people, we're never going to be as rich as they are. They're in the state houses because we're not millionaires, okay? There are a lot of millionaires that make it to these top positions. Whether you like to hear that or not, it's very true. Look at Congress, a lot more millionaires in Congress than any other place, especially state houses as well. But who is allowed to do these procreation decisions and ending or not doing these procreation decisions matters on your class. Do you have money to do these things? Right? Or do you think they're going to tell a rich person in Alabama you can't have an abortion? Fuck no. You know where they're going? Fucking California, Texas, other states that you don't, it's, it's allowed. It's not allowed, but they are exceptionally allowed to happen on the, on the advice of a doctor that says, you know what? Okay. Uh, as you know, if you're going to, you might die because of these, and this may happen. We don't know. We don't know. You have to be there in order to experience an abortion truly all the way 100%, and it's not fun. It's never an exciting decision. It's not a decision they're going to get up and say, hey, you know what, three beers later, I wanted a fucking abortion. It's not like that. It no. never will be like that. And, and I'm willing to bet, um, I was actually listening to um, Mrs. Uppy and my mother-in-law talking tonight, I'm willing to bet that there's really, truly not a woman who is out there who just treats abortion as their own personal birth control. Um, I'm not, obviously, I'm not everyone's best friend in this world. I'm not privy to everyone's uh, decisions to abort if they did. But I'm willing to bet every decision to abort has not been an easy decision. Um, That's not something you take lightly. And I'm not to say that there hasn't been someone out there who... Um, hasn't fit the stereotype, but when it's all said and done, it, it, I, I seriously doubt there's anyone out there who's just living a horrorish life who just says, "Oh, fine, you know, I'll just get an abortion. It's okay." I seriously doubt that because that's such a huge emotional decision to partake in. It is. It is. It really is. 
Um, and it's, 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 it's not on just um, one person though, because there are a lot of couples that do it. That is both. It's not just one person's decision. Um, both people have to decide that, um, this is what they want to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, um, there are oftentimes that there are couples out there that, um, talk about what type of life they want to live at the end of the day. And, um, it's not easy for them to say, you know, what's our best decision to do this? And this was unexpected. This was unplanned or, you know, they were raped or two. How do we deal with this? Right. But I also feel that if, if we had more strong sexual, um, uh, health programs out there that are saying, use condoms and use birth control and use these things, right? That, that, um, um, we would not have, um, as much of this situation as we do now, mm-hmm. right? It can't be a one side. I feel like it's really, you know, I really feel like it's a one-sided affair where it's like one side always has to decide because they're so morally wrong. It's also that the other side has to say, you know, particularly the the the, pro, the religion, the pro religion side has to say, we ha- you have to give up a position on your side to, to provide the prevention part, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so those because a lot of it's prevention for it to not happen. This is where this is where I'm like conflicted on the whole situation. You have to you have to like let that part go and say okay how we how can you prevent those things from happening again if you don't want abortion how do we prevent it from happening tons of prevention methods huge mm-hmm. they're everywhere we'll stop fucking blocking them from happening right and this is why we have ninety percent of it the other ten percent is incest and rape. Well, well check this out. So uh, Alabama in. just passed a really archaic anti-abortion law today. Um, today being um, May is today the thirteenth, Donovan, fourteenth, May fourteenth. So this is Tuesday, May fourteenth. Um, and Mrs. Eppie was reading to me. And if if I re-detail so the, the situation yeah. wrong, uh, just blame me for being a bad husband who didn't listen correctly. It was something to the fact that they have an exception in their anti-abortion law for rape. But if there wasn't a police report filed and the rapist wasn't convicted, then it doesn't count. And you know in 90-something percent of those cases, they're not going to get convicted. Because we have laws on the books in other states where the rapist has rights to visitation and I'm just like I wish we could okay. show our video feed with our podcast. Okay. Like, okay. So 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 here's the thing. If if it wasn't reported or filed and it wasn't convicted, okay? But if it was reported, filed and convicted, let's 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 line it up with positives all the way across. They're okay with state sanctioned abortion. They're okay with it, is what they're saying. This is a state of just if, sessions. Like, not shit's going to get down. I know. I know. I know. I know. Here we go. But it was reported. 
and it was found true, mm -hmm. and the state says it is true that you were raped, they say, yes, you must have an abortion. You can have a legal abortion. The state of Alabama is saying, or Georgia. I think in this case it's Alabama, yeah. Yeah, that you can have an abortion. Do you, you, you hear what I'm saying here? You know no, saying? I get it. They, they, they'll never get it, but I get it. Because the state of mm -hmm. Alabama is it's also one of sanctioned. the states that leads the country in uh, gay porn searches on the internet, too. <laughs> there are all sorts of ass backwards that they don't want to admit to. I know people laugh, but go to Pornhub. And Pornhub, Pornhub has, like, the most sophisticated um, search engines in the world as of now because they really only follow probably, like, certain words that they've built. And so just type in Georgia. <laughs> type in your state and see what it comes up. Right. <laughs> because most of those, like, Google, Google goes back to Pornhub and that's how it kind of happens and you'll be surprised or not surprised I'm not surprised that the Bible Belt leads the nation in searches for gay porn no why because the, our, our evan evangelicals lead the way in being hypocrites and not being Christ like yeah do you remember do you remember when that guy said he was going to go poop and he had like a white <laughs> he had a white stance <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, and then that's why that's why you know he got caught up in that gay porn thing it's like no you were looking for no looking for dick you were looking on that stick on stick action and you liked it yeah yeah uh-huh it's okay you if you get, get a bar to that i mean there's no judgment here we're we're liberals Listen. love is love you know i mean uh one love i'm teaching i'm, I'm teaching um um uh, um, little stash to say one love, <laughs> one love. So one funny love. enough. So speaking of one love, I I posted this thing. Like usually when I, when I'm on when I say I posted, I I mean Facebook. I mean I have a Twitter. I really don't use it unless I need to get the attention of the company I'm trying to get answers from. Because I I think when you're dealing with corporations, Twitter is the most efficient way to deal with them is better than calling them or emailing them. But I made a post on Facebook this week where, um, let's see. Cause usually my posts on Facebook are of uh, political nature, you know, bashing conservatives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But so it's funny enough. So this post, it has a heart it is scribbled on heart and it says, I may not be gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, pansexual, intersexual, asexual, etc. I support this wacky idea that everyone should have equal human rights. And it got not nearly enough likes as it should have because that's ultimately what should, we should be after is all of us humans on this planet who bleed red blood should have equal rights. But what cracks me up is the one person who commented is someone who claims to be a diehard Catholic who has the most hateful agenda and says the most racist shit I've ever seen on Facebook, comments and says, I couldn't agree more. Like, he said he didn't understand what some of those uh, uh, titles were. 
but I am I couldn't agree more. I like you hate more people than I can think of right now. Like <laughs> you hate any sort of brown, you know. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I can sit there and say I couldn't agree more. When you hate brown people, you hate Muslims. You think all Muslims are guilty, and uh, uh, this. I'm going to take us widely off topic, but um, do it, do it. I, I think conservatives and religion go hand in hand here. Uh, th- this is a type of person who thinks that all Muslims are who hate America. Who, um, how dare Michigan elect a woman Muslim to Congress? And I sit there and say, are you that short-sighted? What if I said all Catholics are child fuckers and all those who support Catholicism support child fucking? Well, leave it to you to bring up Catholics. I was like, well, it's a valid argument. You're going to lump all one group into one section. Then I'm going to lump all of your group in one section. And they can't see it. It's like... You know, you, you want religious freedom, but you only want your religious freedom. You don't want all religious freedoms. No. And I hate to say I can't it. can't stand it. Some of the mm-hmm. nicest people are atheists. I hate to tell you, some of the best people on this planet are atheists. Why? Because it doesn't take a religion to make you a good person. No. And they're not triggered. They're not triggered by anything. No. No. You can tell them something. They're like, well, what the fuck do I care? I, I might be triggered by Game of Thrones because I don't follow it and I'm sick of hearing about it, but well, I'm not going to go on a murdering spree and take out people <laughs> in the name of I hate Game of Thrones, but... Okay, hmm. well, hold on a second here. That was... Um, okay, so we're going to... Okay, let's go back. <laughs> hold on. We... Um, she um, was uh, foreshadowed to do that quite a bit. Because there was a there was an episode there was an episode in the season where um, which season uh, one two ten five I, seven oh, I, I don't seven or eight or whatever but anyways there was a <laughs> season where she said um, we will burn down those who betrayed us mm-hmm. and and she stood she stood in front of a whole city and said said those things like I will burn you down right and mm-hmm. and. I'll burn everybody else down that's in front of me because you betrayed me. It's so it's not something new. Second, she's power hungry. Super power hungry. Who the hell are you gonna tell a power hungry person that's going, um, these people might want faith or this people no 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 no. She's gonna make her mark known as like I am the person that can fucking end your life right now. If you didn't see it happen, then I will make it happen right now. Right. And so there's that part of it. So that's two. The third thing I didn't like, but what played right into it was the fact that she was the only white woman that was being held across the whole Iraqi, you know, she had this thing of like, she came out and she was like, oh, I'm going to uh, be the savior. Right. And she was the only white woman of that thing. But the third thing doesn't matter right now. But what happened, the whole I'm going to burn everybody down. People were like, oh, my God, how could she be like that? I'm like, "Uh, you guys didn't see it coming. Hello. She said she would do it if she had to. Now, here we are. 
Live it up. Smell the burned bodies. <laughs> Smell the carne asada. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't watch Game of Thrones. No. I've watched a game. I've watched freaking seasons of Game of Thrones. I promise you, name anything popular from the last 15 years that I did not see it. Yeah. Um, well, Game of Thrones. Uh, Harry Potter's, Lord of the Rings, uh, any of that stuff, I just, uh, it's not my thing. Sorry. I, I make no apologies. I don't hold grudges against those who do love it. So. No. That's where I'm at. No, I know. So sue me. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I, 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 I'm not a, I, I'm only watching it because. Of my significant other, by the way, I could not care any more or any less for the TV, but because she's there and uh, she watches it. And so I watch it and she's like, and she adds things to it and whatnot, because I got to watch for a dragon or two, uh, which kind of sucks. Well, it is my understanding there are like naked people and sex and stuff, right? Like that does happen in the show. Amelia Clark is very beautiful. Yes, naked. See, and I still don't even watch. And there's naked people in sex, and I still don't even watch. Keep your fancy mm-hmm. watch. Well, there's more. <laughs> there's more naked people in love. But but other than that, um, I, I I really feel like people thought that there's a lot more like this like sex weird involved stuff. But um, it's really not. Once you get past like season three. It's not as bad. It becomes very like drama and I'll fucking kill you kind of, kind of thing. <laughs> and where people belong and when I, I don't know, you got to watch it, but it's up to you. Watch it. Don't watch it. It don't matter to me. You'll like, you'll like it. And if you don't, then you're weird. Um, probably never will, but if, um, anyone who has HBO who doesn't watch Game of Thrones but wants something to watch, I highly advocate for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. <laughs> Completely different world than Game of Thrones, but, um, <laughs> he has been, uh, the la- I'll be honest, the last few weeks he has just been, um, eating up the fact that he's got a lot of w- new watchers because he follows Game of Thrones on Sunday nights. And uh, he's been eating that one up. So stick around. Yeah. If you're watching Game of Thrones, yeah. uh, keep it on. Watch John Oliver. You'll learn some stuff. Be entertained. There's a lot of F-bombs. And uh, it's one of the few shows Mrs. Eppy and I still somewhat keep up on top of, which is really hard because our worlds are completely different right now. We're, we have some shows that we're literally like two months behind on. Because we have no time to watch TV together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We but John Oliver, we're actually pretty current yeah. on, believe it or not. And Big Bang Theory, we're pretty current on. But that's about it. No. No shows. It's kind of funny because, like, uh, you think you're going to watch something and then you're like, all right, I'm going to stay up and. Right. Like that goes back to our parenting episode. You're gonna end up with the two choices. 
Yeah. Do you want more me yeah. time or do you want more sleep time? And yeah. it's kind of like um, when you're really sick and you have to determine, do I need to shit or I need to puke? It's just like yeah. that. You're going to make the wrong decision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which one would you rather clean up? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, what do you want to do right now? Come on. Yeah. No, it's good though. Um, but what's rough is that you're like, uh, you want to add a sexiness in there and you're like, yeah, mm. you fall asleep. Right. It's kind of bad. Yeah. It's, it's rough when you're a parent's. People don't know yet. When you're a parent, sometimes things just happen. You're like, uh, I'm going to go to sleep. I It was what's funny story is that I've watched my sister fall asleep <laughs> in a chair because <laughs> she's been up all day and uh, she wants to be able with everybody. And mm-hmm. God, God bless my sister. Yo, you love my sister. I won't say uh, names out loud, but if my sister's ever on a, in her podcast... It's probably the best thing ever because she's she's like um, super awesome and she's like super gung ho and she's like a uh, hundred hundred twenty percent of me mm-hmm. and so it's what makes it weird because you're like oh god I got him and her and some <laughs> type of thing <laughs> it's like that you're like oh my god I got double trouble my sister's one hundred twenty percent. Uh, but we're very much like each other because we're only nine months apart. Um, we're Irish twins, mm-hmm. literally Irish twins, um, and which is really cool. So when when my sister and I are apart longer than we need to be, uh, it's uh, very hard for us. Uh, we will call each other and 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 do all those weird things, brother and sisterly things that you normally don't do mm-hmm. for brother and sisters that are not part of them. But um, my but you get us together, you might be doing some type of dance and or um, yeah, jig or whatever. And so, um, but the cool thing about being an Irish twin is this. You will always know how the other person feels. Um, even when you're not feeling the same way because you kind of feel guilty because you kind of think they're feeling that way. That's what it feels like being an Irish twin. Mm. And it's fucking super awesome. So you know what? Bash in your TV. Make Irish twins. <laughs> That's how you do it. <laughs> and then have like the most stressful three-year period of your life. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just like 1983, 1982. You're like, what, what was going on in you know, TV for 1983, Nothing. No, I have, a, I have a friend of mine who has three kids, and they all fell within like four years. So he had like three kids all under the age of four, and I don't know how he survived. What they? How would he do? Huh? What did he do? Well, they he kept just, having he was sex. Just like banging them out. Yeah. Just yeah. kept banging them out. The first two were almost to the day a year apart, and then there was like a year or so in between. And then they had another, and that was despite a vasectomy, I think. And I know how hard it is to have one child, <laughs> so I can imagine having yeah, to juggle three children all under the age of yeah. Four. But he was like literally having sex with their like. She was like trying to heal. She was like, 
Oh God, I can't do it. Okay, I'll bring it up. <laughs> you know, right? Gosh dang, I can't do that. I don't ever do that, anybody. No. I after my first witness of like her and the chucks and the, all that other like, I I just had a baby stuff. I'm like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> You know what I mean? You're right. like, you're like, no. <laughs> I'll give you space. <laughs> yeah, it's, and I would say that we're at the point where it's getting easier, but it's really not. It's just a different, difficult. Um, I couldn't imagine starting over again from ground zero. <laughs> yeah, but you're a lot closer to ground zero though right now. I, I think you could do it and you'd be happy because, um, you know, your little one would be like, no, we're, oh we're, God, a baby. we're, we're pushing oh 40 God, a baby. No, <laughs> now we're, we're pushing 40. I think those days are just gone. You're done. Yeah. You're done. I mean, yeah, I, don't do I mean, don't do it. We have great kids and we deserve to keep blessing the world with them. But at some point your clock runs out and I, you know, it is what it is. You don't chance it. You don't chance it. You're like me. Because we're what uh, late thirties. I I can't I can't chance it either. I but think about one. it. And, and I want to. We have three. Like we're we're in the room. We're we're at the point where we're out of bedrooms. So we at least have an excuse. <laughs> our, we our, want one more. We already have a seven passenger car. <laughs> so yeah, but we want one more. But but we're like okay, we're into the. Like what happens, or like, and I keep telling her like, well, if it's all boys, we're okay because oh, they're all going to sleep in the same room. Hello, you know, this is what they got, um, you know, bed posts and stuff. And she goes, well, you know, if 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 they come in and like, all boys, we're okay. The only thing is, it has to be all boys. And I hope to God it's all boys because I love my boys and it'd be so much fun to raise all boys. Get a little crew, you know? <laughs> my little fighter crew. You'll grow as a man if you have a little girl, though. I know. I, I do. I really do. I want the little girl that's going, Daddy, don't do that. And you're like, stop it. Don't make me be weak, you know? And you're like, the little girl's like, but daddy, please, you know, right. I'd, I'd, it'd be over. It'd be over. My daughter, well, I, my daughter looks just like me. So I'm dealing with a little mm -hmm. version of myself all the time. Yeah. She just has to give me the right smile. And it's like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> you know, get your fruit snacks. I know what she. <laughs> I'm so owned. <laughs> but when she comes on and she's like, she's like. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Handle her. But Handle you, her. But if you had a daughter, it would, like, you, no matter what, as a parent, you're setting an example one way or another, whether you're a dad who has a son or a dad who has a daughter, you're setting an example because you have a son, so you're setting an example of this is what it takes to be a man, this is how you treat the woman you love, et cetera, then... It's really no different being a dad other than 
um, you're teaching this is how you should be treated, you know. But I feel like there's more pressure being a dad of a daughter because it's, you're, you're, you know, we've all made the jokes about girls with father issues, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. So you definitely yeah, don't yeah, want yeah, the dad that creates a father issue. I hear you. I hear you. But either way, both responsibilities are equally important. Just I, I feel as though I'm challenged more from having a daughter than I am from having, you know, sons. Because at the end of the day, there's, you know, things that, like, I still suck at doing a ponytail. I try and try and try, but I can't do a good ponytail. <laughs> and so suck. I, I, I'm really screwed when it comes to braiding hair because I don't know how terrible I'm going to be at that. But maybe that's one thing I'll be good at. Mm-hmm. Well, what's great about our show tonight is that uh, I think that we showed everything that about what we are and who we are. And that's... Uh, we're not dumb or stupid. And well, speak for yourself. You're not dumb. You're not stupid. Well, you know, I'm a dumb and stupid from Montana. <laughs> I'm a fun tucky type of guy. <laughs> Anyways, we like to, you know, throw arms out and, you know, uh, do this who in the jugs, you know. Anyways, anyways, anyways. Um, it's been a fun day. I uh, truly loved everything that we have um but I hope that you understand that what we where we come from is a very family point of view and that we don't want to prevent anybody or anything from getting what they want, right? And that includes uh, their own decision and that we're very pro-choice, we're very pro-life, but we're very pro-life of the mother as well. And so just know that that this show is like that. And that I hope everybody enjoys um, this type of episode that we provided tonight. And that, you know, come back again next week. Yeah, absolutely. Shit. If you want to be um, pro-birth, pro-life, whatever you want to call yourself, that's fine. And it's also fine that, you know, you can be wrong too. (laughs) It's okay to be wrong. And if that's your stance, you probably are wrong. Um, I, I, me being uh, an atheist, I still love you no matter what. It's okay. Um, I don't judge. It's not my right to judge. I did go to uh, Sunday school on my own will when I was uh, a younger lad. And I learned that it's not my right to judge. So I try not to. Because you know what? I'm not perfect either. So if you don't agree with us, that's fine. I hope uh, we stated things in a way that while you might not agree with, at least they make sense. And if you do agree with us, um, congratulations for also being awesome and right and just in this world because we are very liberal. And um, any goodwill the stash just earned us, I think I just destroyed. So I'm okay. I'll die on the hill. <laughs> I don't think we have conservative, conservative listeners yet. I haven't invited them to like our show on Facebook yet. So, um, but ultimately, we're just good people who are ambassadors for good in the way that we feel is good. And um, that's it. Agree with us. Don't agree with us. At least if you don't, I hope you're entertained because we did uh, provide some insight on sports stadium financing that we did not plan on getting into tonight. But it is one of my very, very minute areas of expertise. Um 
But it was a good show tonight. I feel strongly about it, and I hope you all did too as listeners. And uh, Stash, did you have any parting words? My parting words are this. Stay strong. Nice choice. Solid choice. (laughs) Mine are... That's all I got. (laughs) Mine are love thy neighbor, because you should. Love your neighbors. Love them as you should feel as though you should be loved. And if you don't love them in the way that you should be loved, you should check yourself. It's kind of funny, you know. (laughs) I I, I love your words of wisdom, but um, I just built a wall (laughs) (laughs) for my neighbors. And and, And I think of you, and I go, how can I love my neighbor? And I'm like, build a wall. Well, I will send Donald J. Trump your way because maybe he can learn from you how it actually gets done since he can't seem to do it himself. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you have a good night, brother. So (laughs) with that said, uh, thank you for bearing with us. We love you all. We're proud to have you as listeners and keep tuning in. and, And until next time. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I can see your sad face in your pitiful eyes. Don't have the strength to carry your heavy load of life. I'm your Christ and I want you. And this world's the past and you know it as well.